Thank you for taking time to listen to this message from New Life Community Church. We are located at 134 Lakewood Drive in Luling and invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 1030. Please visit our website at newlifeluling.com for more information on our ministries. We pray that this message will encourage you on your faith journey as you seek to live, understand, and share God's Word. From Psalms 91, verses 1 through 16. Oh, that's all of Psalms 91. Okay. (laughs) You live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield. You will not fear the terror of the night or the arrow that flies by day are the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked, because you have made the Lord your refuge, the Most High your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you. No scourge come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you, to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Those who love me, I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Hey. Hey. Good to see you. How are you? Always okay. Hold on. Turn that off. Um, What are you doing? What's up? Go ahead. Come on. What do you got? What do mermaids wash their fins with? (laughs) Tide. The first part was funnier. You should have never thrown the punchline. That was terrible. Did you know in King Arthur's time, one of the knights of the round table collected taxes? His name was Surcharge. Yeah. (laughs) Top that. What did the fried rice say to the shrimp? Fry your rice. Don't walk away from me. <laughs> Is that what it says? Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Did you hear Steve Harvey and his wife got into a fight? <laughs> That's not real, is it? Yeah. It was a family feud. <laughs> did you hear about the superhero with a lisp that always worked out? <laughs> He's Thor. <laughs> Bad ending again. What are you talking? How can you not? Uh, what kind of car does an egg drive? 
A Jokswagen? What? A Jokswagen. Get it? What do you call someone who gets mad when they don't have any bread? Lactose intolerant. Alright, alright. What do you call the syrup with a speech impediment? Oh, scissorp. Mrs. Stuttersworth. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. What airlines did Jesus and Mary take? Virgin. No. Oh. TW. Yes, Virgin. <laughs> <laughs> you read my punchline, I'm going to crack you with this, this space helmet here. What's the most crunk place to go to the bathroom? The Little John. Little John. Wow. Yeah, that's good. What was the foot's favorite type of chips? Mm. Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. Let's pray. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Oh, but that's not all. I have some dad jokes. Yeah. What? <laughs> all right, here it is. What animal needs a wig? Oh, that was too easy. Huh? A bald eagle. That's right. All right. Here's one. Why don't eagles tell knock-knock jokes? Because freedom rings. Yeah, even the babies are commenting on it, I know. Why are my bad jokes like a sick bird? They should be ill-eagle. Well, to all dads, happy Father's Day. You know, I, yay, ooh, I get a little applause on that. I think that's more for the dads. Well, in this series on eagle's wings, uh, and this being Father's Day, I was kind of looking for information. What can we know about male eagles? And so I started looking at uh, some things. The male eagle is is a little bit smaller in size than the female. Uh, Their beak is a little bit different, and the rear talon on on each foot is uh, a little bit different. What we do know is uh, male and female eagles bond for life. And according to uh, one site that I went to, eaglenature.com, if one partner dies or disappears, the other will, if lucky, find another mate. A newly bonded pair may work several years on a nest before actually breeding. And so that means they both are working on the nest. Uh, They may desert one nest site and start another somewhere else. But it's usually going to be within about a half a mile. Uh, Each nesting pair will spend a great uh, deal of time preparing the nest before any egg is laid. Uh, The successful nest is generally located in a large tree uh, within one mile from water, either a lake or a river, where adequate food is available. And it takes at least two weeks for a pair of eagles to build the nest. So as I was looking at this, I was thinking, you know, that kind of reminds me of, of um, young couples who settle down. 
You know, and, and they're often moving from apartment to apartment or place to place, especially early on in, in their marriage. And they're, they're looking for that nest, some place to settle down. Uh, and usually it's at a location where they can find jobs. And when they want a family, uh, they're looking at preparing a place. They're preparing a nursery for them. Or uh, they're also looking at, you know, where the kid's going to go to school. With work, uh, sometimes that's going to take you far away from your home uh, roost. And so um, uh, for many years, you know, it was just the men who moved for work. Now it's both. And uh, that's how uh, many folks here in, in this church especially got here. Uh, got here in Luling, Union Carbide, or, which is now Dow, Monsanto, Waterford 3, all that. They brought you here, and this is where you built your nest. And people have stayed here for, you know, after that once they settled in. You know, it makes me think of my dad when I was growing up and, and where we lived in different nests. And think about that for yourself. Where were the different nests uh, that were made for you that your mom and dad made? And uh, I, was, I was born in New Orleans, and at first we lived in an apartment next to my mom's parents um, uh, on the city park end of Esplanade uh, Avenue. So some of you all know where that is. And I, I was baptized at First Methodist on Canal Boulevard. Uh, when I was about two years old, we moved to Metairie to a duplex on Hesper Drive, and that was because uh, my dad was close to his great uncle, who's like a brother to him, and, and uh, also uh, my grandmother lived there as well. So we lived there for about another year, and uh, my dad went into business for himself. He and my mom were beauticians. They were hairstylists. Uh, they opened a very successful hair salon on, on Mary Road, and they built a house, and finally we moved to this place that, that got to be our nest from then on, um, and that was on Cena Drive in Metairie, in a subdivision there, and that's where my sister and I grew up. My parents wanted to make sure, you know, we were, had some good schools. We had J.C. Ellis that was about two blocks away, went to Metairie Junior High and graduated from East Jefferson High School, so, you know, they, they wanted to provide good place for us. And our family, you know, as a United Methodist pastor, uh, I'm appointed by the bishop, and we've moved about 10 times. I was counting that up, Rhonda, that, it was 10 times, and... Um, we don't have uh, all the choice that we have is to say, yes, I will go. Yeah, that's where, and that's where we end up. But we do have a little bit of a voice in it. And we've, uh, we've stayed longest where our kids grew up in a good community and went to good schools. Where we live, where we build our nest matters, especially as it relates to our kids as we care for them. You know, I, I love Psalm 91. Uh, because it speaks of God's caring for us and His protection over us like a bird watching over its young. Now, I wanted to read the, the Good News version of this. And listen carefully once again. It's not going to be on the screen, but I'm just going to read through it. This is the Good News translation. Whoever goes to the Lord for safety, whoever remains under the protection of the Almighty can say to Him, You are my defender and protector. You are my God and you I trust. He will keep you safe from all hidden dangers, from all deadly diseases. He will cover you with his wings. You will be safe in his care. His faithfulness will protect and defend you. You need not fear any dangers at night or sudden attacks during the day or the plagues that strike in the dark or the evils that kill in daylight. A thousand may fall dead beside you, ten thousand all around you, but you won't be harmed. You will look and see how the wicked are punished. You have made the Lord your defender, the Most High your protector. 
And so no disaster will strike you. No violence will come near your home. God will put his angels in charge of you to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands to keep you from hurting your feet on the stones. You will trample down lions and snakes, fierce lions and poisonous snakes. God says, I will save those who love me and will protect those who acknowledge me as Lord. When they call to me, I will answer them. When they are in trouble, I will be with them. I will rescue them and honor them. I will reward them with long life. I will save them. You know, this is what any dad, what any, what any parent wants for their children. And that's the kind of God that we have. So on Father's Day, uh, that's the kind of dad that I wanted to be for my kids and my grandkids and within about another week or so, our great-grandson. We want to be able to protect our kids and let them know that we will be there for them. You know, if there's nothing else, if we can be there. You know, looking at eagles, according to the studies, females account for about 70% of the incubation duties on average, um, usually taking the night shift. So that means if they're taking 70, it's the male eagle that's doing the other 30% of incubating the eggs. And it's mainly during um, uh, the daylight hours between 6 a.m. and 4 p.m., and that's when the, the pair split incubation duties relatively evenly. So the male eagles do spend some time uh, incubating the eggs in a I kind of like this, like the one bird's looking like he's, she's fussing, and I'm saying she's fussing at him probably. No, it's your turn. So the male eagle is going to do some of that too, and he's going to uh, protect the nest. He's going to forage for food, and they have a lot of enemies that harm their eggs or their young, and so the adult eagle is always on the alert, and I found a couple of brief clips that, uh, that talk about that, or that show that. This is where ravens are attacking this nest, this eagle's nest. If you can see him in the center, about two-thirds of the way down. Just that sound would drive me off, yeah. <laughs> Rhonda had to hear it quite a bit while I was working on the clip. So. Here you've got your enemies flying all around you, and he's not going to leave that nest. And there's another brief clip that shows something at night over on the right. A fox somehow was coming up for the eggs. So the care for the young is, uh, is a, res- a responsibility of both the male and the female. But one clip I saw showed uh, one eagle's interesting behavior, and it was after a snowy night. Now, I don't know if it was the male or female, but it was the parent of the, of the, the chicks that it was roosting on. But this fascinated me, this uh, little brief clip. Can you see where the head is over on the right of the nest? Watch what he does. It's very interesting. 
the eagle covers the little ones with its wings. And it's a vivid picture of what God does for us in Psalm 91, verse 4. He will cover you with His wings, and you will be safe in His care. His faithfulness will protect and defend you. You know, what was it like for, for Jesus' dad? You ever wonder, you know, his earthly father, Joseph. This is, the, this is the man God, the father, entrusted his only son to. So, you know, we know that Joseph was a man who worshipped and honored God because the Scripture talks about what an honorable man he was. He, he was a spiritual man. In fact, uh, through his dreams, he, the Lord spoke to him through his dreams and uh, enabled Joseph to understand some very important lessons. Uh, Joseph was a carpenter. He worked with his hands. He taught a trade to Jesus. He protected Jesus, especially in those early years when they had to run for their lives. If you recall, one of the dreams was about how he had to leave and take the family to Egypt and where they had to flee because Herod was going to be seeking out the life of, of the baby Jesus. And so Joseph led his family there to, uh, to Egypt where they lived until it was safe to return. But Joseph saw that it was not, and through a dream, Joseph heard that it was not safe for him to go back to Bethlehem, but they would go up to Nazareth where it would be safe. And so Joseph was watching out for the safety of Jesus. Joseph was the one who took Jesus every Sabbath to the synagogue. And this is where Jesus learned more of his heavenly Father. You know, when my, my parents first settled into the house that became our home for the rest of, uh, rest of our lives, one of uh, the first things that they did was that they joined a church. And uh, we joined Munholland Methodist Church, and, and we went there every Sunday except for vacation times. Um, you know, I, I'm, I was like most teenagers, I don't want to go today. Well, we're, that's what we do on Sundays. So they made sure that I was there, my dad as well, my mom and dad were both there. And uh, I, we had our pew that we sat in. It was over on this side of the church, you know, by his particular uh, stained glass window. And, and I loved hearing my parents sing because my, my parents both could sing very well and they would like to harmonize together. So that was a, a great memory that I have of both my parents being in church. And um, there was a time, you know, that, uh, that my dad started playing golf on Sunday mornings, uh, but my mom made sure that me and my sister were in Sunday school and church. And, and, uh, and then there was a time when my mom and dad started struggling in their marriage. And um, I remember they, as they worked things out, my dad came back to church. And apparently that's something that I never forgot. I never forgot that, that there was that lapse that he had. I had the early memories of him being there and a lapse when he wasn't. But then I remember distinctly when he came back to church and we sat together in that pew again. And um, uh, obviously, you know, um, they were trying to have me understand who God is by their being there. And my father, I think, is a male figure. That was important for me. And obviously that worked for me. You know, you know, we can only lead our kids so far. They make their own choices in life. But when we raise them up to know Jesus, the odds are a whole lot better that they'll follow him as well. Well, just as we uh, can know our Heavenly Father is always present, uh, it makes a difference when we as dads and fathers are present as much as we can. I know there are work situations, but where we make the conscious effort to be there. In Elizabeth uh, Marquard's book, Between Two Worlds, The Inner Lives of Children of Divorce, and in subsequent research and reports, she writes, Father absence 
affects a child's image of God as the father of all. Our current epidemic of fatherlessness has important implications for Christians as we reach out to those who had no relationship or a broken relationship with their biological father. Mark Ward explains the image of God as a father where a father is supposed to evoke that ever-present person who's there for you, protecting you, supporting and providing for you is an increasingly unfamiliar experience for a lot of young people today. Marriage and Religion Research Institute, or MARI, lists what's happened to many fatherless children, and they show on a chart um, you know, that percent of juvenile delinquents who come from fatherless homes, 70%. Percent of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes, 71%. Percent of children with behavioral disorders, uh, 85%. Percent of youth suicides from fatherless homes, 63%. So these are, these are scary numbers. And in their report, uh, the conclusion states, every child has a fundamental right to a married mother and father. And as Maori research available online shows, society will continue to remain in a crisis until fathers, we as fathers, accept the responsibility of caring for and protecting their children. Now, my dad uh, grew up without his father. His father walked out on them when he was a kid. He was a little boy. And he struggled a great deal, but fortunately, my dad had a very good a grandfather, and he had a great uncle who was like a brother to him and who taught him a lot of things. Probably not a lot of good things, uh, but a lot, of, a lot of things. They were close to the same age. But, um, and so he had them as uh, mentors for him, but still that father absence affected him the rest of his life. So when, when he and my mom had me and my sister as his children, he tried to give us what he didn't have. Now, he didn't always get it right because he didn't know. He was, try- he was working on this. But what we did know absolutely was that he loved us and he was always there for us. And he provided and took care of us and showed his love toward us. Now, we live in imperfect times and divorce is a reality. I understand that. I mean, you know, I encourage divorced dads to stay close to their kids physically if possible, but always emotionally and spiritually. Christian stepdads can help. Uh, not trying to take the place of the biological father, but as a bonus dad, as we are sometimes called. I'm one of those bonus dads. Single moms struggle with their kids growing up without a dad, and that's where we as a church should provide a safe, loving, protection, protective care for the kids of our church, um, for foster kids, for adopted kids. All need that, that positive rail, male role model and getting it will all depend on where you live. And this is what I mean by that. Where we live is important. And where we are to live is under the protective shadow of the wings of our Heavenly Father. It's important where we live and that we live there. As earthly fathers, I see that it's one of our most important jobs. You know, teaching kids to play sports and dance and read and work, that's all nice, but not to the exclusion of raising them up under the wings of the Lord so that they will know their heavenly Father who will always be there as their faithful help and protector. And even as adults, you know, sometimes we just want to climb back into the nest a little bit under the wings, the protective wings of our Heavenly Father because life can get pretty tough for us with the weight of responsibility. Psalm 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, 
a very help in times of trouble, so we will not be afraid. So let God's faithful promises of His presence act as His wings covering us. He kept His greatest promise when He sent His Son Jesus into this world to be His presence among us, God with us. And so hold this promise in your heart. He will cover you with His wings. You will be safe in His care. His faithfulness will protect and defend you. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, our families get pretty complicated these days. And Father's Day and Mother's Day just have uh, a lot of emotional weight, sometimes a lot of emotional baggage with them. Because there, there are dads who are not there or who are never there. Or there are dads who have walked out. But there are others, Lord, who have been faithful. There, there are those who stepped in with uh, bonus dads. There are grandparents. There, there are uh, mentors here in church, the men of this church, who encourage and protect and watch over uh, the children of this church as their own, out of their love for them. And Lord, we pray that if, there's, if out of all this imperfection that we're living in, if anything else that we know that we have a Heavenly Father who loves us and who watches over us. And so we'll go back to Psalm 91 and read it again. And Lord, sometimes when things are pretty tough, we're thinking, didn't you promise you were going to do this for me? There are other times where we know that uh, the, the guardian angel that you sent to watch over us has to work overtime. But yet, Lord, we know of your love for us and your care for us. So, Lord, we pray that we embrace you this day, that, that it matters where we live, that we'll live under the shelter of your wings, that we'll include our family as much as we can possibly do under the shelter of your wings. And that's where we live. That's where we want to live. So, Lord, speak to our hearts today. If there's any changes that have to be made within our lives, if there's any renewal that we seek, Lord, let your Holy Spirit come right now and move within us to do just that. And we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.